0: And welcome to the Girard Social Media Podcast. It's what social media managers are talking about. I'm Chloe Bellchamber, and on today's episode, I'm direct messaging marketing professional and director of ours agency, Chloe Gibbons. We'll be discussing how years of industry experience led Chloe to starting her very own influencer agency and her mission to provide clients with data first, results driven campaigns. Welcome to the podcast Chloe. Hi Chloe, how are you? Yeah good thank you, it's so great to have you here. I love interviewing people who share the same name as me, it's always fun to introduce.
1: (laughs) Yeah it is. (laughs) (laughs) Where are you joining us from today? So I'm in Manchester, I'm working from home today so apologies if you can hear any like a patter of paws in the background, my dog is kind of circling. <laughs> that is always the main benefit of the
0: work-from-home scheme now, is just seeing people's pets pop up in the background. So <laughs> please don't ever apologise
1: for that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> uh, well, before we get into the hard questions today, I wanted to start with a little chat about how you got to where you are today with ours Agency, because you've been immersed in the industry for about five years now, both as a marketer, but also as an influencer yourself. So,
1: what's that been like? Yeah, I mean, it's been it's been really interesting to be honest. Um, so, I, I guess I kind of I started becoming a creator off the back of my work. Um, so, I worked for a fashion brand who needed someone to help out with social content and posting photos for the, for the social media channels. So, I just started repurposing that content that I was creating at work and. And started building my own platform, I guess. Um, but yeah, it's it's been really great in terms of deepening my understanding of the industry and you know, I get to see things from both sides, what works really well, what doesn't work, what brands like, what influences like. Um so yeah, it's it's been helpful. Mm-hmm.
0: I guess, yeah, you have that extra insight and you know sort of what other brands, how they're approaching influencers because you've probably been approached yourself and, and what their campaigns are like. So it's a nice little competitor analysis almost.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's really helped me like given me good ideas of things that I've seen done really well and campaigns that have you know gone really well. And also it's just helped you know, being an influencer as well and um, understanding what brands are looking for. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that I'm an influencer anymore but you know in my past.
0: <laughs> so what was the tipping point then where you decided to quit your current work and start ours agency?
1: Yeah so I guess there wasn't really a clear tipping point um so I used to work for a fashion brand called Simply B and to be honest I was pretty happy there um but I was there's always just been this like niggling feeling, um, that I want to start my own agency or work for myself in some sort of capacity. And to be honest, I, I saw how much success we were having with the influencer strategies that I was implementing at Simply Be. And I just thought, why, why can't I do this for other brands? You know, why can't other why can't other sort of clients have this kind of success? So mm-hmm. yeah, I think, I think that was it really, but I've always wanted to be self-employed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm living the dream.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. So moving into kind of the, the technical stuff, the beefy side of influencer marketing, I think one of the biggest challenges most businesses face is driving a significant return on investment. So how can data How can a data-first approach help drive those results?
1: Yeah, so essentially a data-first approach just means that your decisions are informed by data. So whether that's from the influencers that you select, making sure that they're aligned with the client's target market, or whether it's bringing in talent that we've worked with previously that have performed really well, um, this is all what helps to drive that return on investment and just create a really successful campaign. Um, so yeah it's just it's it's more structured it's thought out and it's not just a guessing game it's it's building on knowledge that you've already got
0: mm. And I I follow you on LinkedIn and you you post some really great and insightful stuff over there. And something you've shared recently is one of the best ways to uh, increase revenue with influencer marketing is through collaborating on more clickable content. What does this mean?
1: Yeah, so clickable content is essentially just working on collaborations where an influencer can direct people uh, to your site through a link. So that's Instagram stories and YouTube mainly. And the benefits of this is just that it makes the process really quick and simplified. And it means that they're not having to, you know, go away and Google your website or, you know, go to your profile. It's just a very simplified process. um, And the conversions are higher, particularly on on YouTube. um, It's pretty lucrative as a channel.
0: And so, how do like UTMs and and Google Analytics come into this to kind of really streamline the process and make each step super trackable for, you know, a business?
1: So, each influencer that we work with, we give them a UTM link that's unique to them. And they implement that either in, you know, in the bio on YouTube or in an Instagram story. And that just sends people directly to the product that they're speaking about. And then what you can do is track. The performance of that link on Google Analytics, so you can monitor things like revenue, clicks, conversion rate. Even you know if you've got it set up correctly on your GA, you can you can monitor things like how many sign ups that they've um, driven as well. So it's it's a really it's it's probably the best way of tracking influencer success.
0: Mm, definitely
1: because I
0: think it's easy you know we work with a lot of clients who you know as, as you do who want to kind of invest in influence marketing and it's quite easy to kind of get solely caught up on those conversions and sales that come through but I think being able to see just how many people have been driven to the website alone is is an important metric in itself right
1: exactly and sometimes you might notice that people are driving thousands of, of visitors and they're not converting and then it's like, okay, so there's a different problem here. Um, mm-hmm. Let's check the landing page. Like it might be, I don't know, the product shot is off or the color looks wrong or, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that, that kind of plays into that as well. And that's why it's so useful to have those links in place. Mm, definitely.
0: I think one of the, you know, some of the other big mistakes that you can make um, is forgetting to address your audience's pain points through, you know, your marketing and your influencer marketing. So I want to know just how important it is to communicate that why and make sure that you're building deeper narratives through your influencers.
1: Yeah, so the campaigns that I've worked on that have been the most successful have had a really strong narrative running through it. Um, which essentially just taps into your customer mindset. So, for example, if it's, you know, a summer range, a collection, if it's a fashion brand, um, how are you going to communicate that to your customer and feed it into something that they're already thinking about? So, I mean, a lot of people know this right now. It's kind of wedding season in the UK and, you know, a lot of people are going off to the races. So the fashion brands now, um, you know, communicating that this is your this is your problem solver dress or this is your collection of pieces that are gonna look fabulous on holiday. Um mm-hmm. and it's about sort of communicating that through influencers rather than just saying this dress is twenty five pounds on sale because that doesn't mean anything, you know?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Because I think, you know, gone are the days where you can kind of Gift your products or or send your products off to an influencer, and maybe they do an unboxing, and you just kind of hope for the best. I think people are definitely responding more to, like, well, why would I buy this dress and how does it fit into my lifestyle and things like that? So, super important stuff. Exactly.
1: Yeah, that's it.
0: So, Chloe, what are some of your tips then for creating out the box narratives that avoid these kinds of dull or inauthentic content that we just discussed?
1: Yeah, if you can kind of Define your content by one of three kind of strategies. So entertaining, aspirational, educational. You'll cut through the noise on social media and that's how you'll avoid that being dull inauthentic content and collaborations. Mm
0: -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, I guess kind of in the same vein, but more on the campaign reporting side of things. I think quite like the way that maybe we sort of fall into a groove of just sending things out and hoping for the best. Mm. The same happens with reporting where you kind of just look at those vanity metrics like, oh, how many likes? You know, what were the engagement like? But what are some insights that brands should be analyzing to get that more holistic view on the campaign's performance?
1: Yeah, of course. So you kind of need to look a lot further than engagement um, to understand like the success of your influencer campaigns. So going back to using UTM links, things like revenue is really important for a lot of clients, um, looking at traffic, looking for spikes in organic search. If you want that holistic view, you kind of have to zoom out and you know look at your business performance as a whole rather than the granular details of each influencer. Um, so even social following, has your social following grown because of all of this, you know, uh, exposure that you've had with new audiences? That's a really good indication of uh, performance. Definitely.
0: And how do then like, do you think that long term influencer relationships are crucial to that then kind of, you know, having the same audience constantly viewing your products from this one influencer? Or do you think the best way to go is to kind of target a community?
1: I think to be honest, it needs to be a mix. Um, you kind of need to, you have to have this long-term sort of strategy in place because it's a bit of a slow burner. And, you know, often if you're a relatively new brand or company, people need to build that trust with you. And to do that, you have to get that repeat exposure, um, with them as well. So long-term partnerships is always something we advise because typically they're, just so much more successful um and then I guess tapping into niche communities is also equally as important because you know there's no point in working with huge celebrities with audiences all over the world in different niches because you may be selling something that only appeals to one percent of that mm. um so yeah guess I guess both amazing
0: so, then you're still a relatively new agency, but you're doing big, big things. I want to know what have been some of the challenges you've faced so far with ours agency?
1: I think, to be honest, just being an owner of a business, you been in so many plates. Um, like, I'm no longer an influencer marketing expert, I'm a social media manager, I'm a sales director, I'm an accountant, and that is daunting like there's a lot (laughs) that goes into running a business that you just don't consider um before you sort of start and I think yeah getting my head around all these different things has been challenging but um yeah I think it's going well so far (laughs) (laughs) it certainly looks like it so yeah I've I've loved watching
0: your journey so far but uh, I guess on the more positive side of things what have been some of your biggest
1: successes um so we've just signed two really great new clients Um, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to reveal them, but I think just getting to work with people and brands that, you know, get you, they understand what you're about and you know that you can do such great work for them and provide, you know, really good value. I think that's been the best thing here. Um, it's just the exposure to new industries and because my background's fashion. So mm-hmm. I'm loving, I'm loving kind of working on different, you know, different types of businesses as well, which is great.
0: Hmm. yeah I think there's like sort of a general conception maybe to people that aren't sort of working within the influencer industry that fashion is kind of the only avenue that you could pursue influence marketing in as a business but I'd be interested to hear are there any sort of businesses you've worked with or industries you're now kind of looking into that have really excited you
1: yeah so I mean I love sort of interiors beauty Anything like that is kind of all me, but I've also worked on, you know, accounts that they're like a comparison site and we've got them a celebrity face and they're going to see how well it does, you know, bringing in that well-known face that people respond to and putting them on their website. Um, so yeah, I think it's definitely not just fashion. There are so Mm -hmm. many niche communities, especially on TikTok. There's literally an influencer for every industry, um, (laughs) I'm literally, I follow people that mow, mow grass or that clean pools. Yes, the
0: pool it. cleaners are my favourite. They're so <laughs> good. <laughs> so what are some of your predictions in the influencer marketing industry for 2022 and beyond? Because you really seem to have your finger on the pulse.
1: I think, to be honest, um, what I'm noticing more and more is just the create economy expanding and starting to dominate. So, for example... Matilda Jurf, who is everyone's favorite European fashion influencer. Um, I was reading something about her brand the other day. I think it's Jeff Avenue. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. but Sounds um, right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, they turned over 20 million in their first year. Right. And it just shows the power of influencer marketing when they can, you know, take their community off social media and start building businesses around it. Just look at, you know, Molly May and Filter and, and, yeah, mm-hmm. the side men as well with all of their, you know, avenues. Totally. Yeah, It, it it's super cool
0: to see, especially with uh, Matilda Jeff. Like, she's not only now kind of a household name, but she almost, like, it's always get the Matilda Jeff look. Like, she's almost a, a lifestyle that people aspire to now, isn't she?
1: Yeah, and she she influences the influences as well. Like, <laughs> yeah, she does. Like, she really is kind of killing it right now. And, yeah. Um, yeah, I think her business is just going to grow and grow. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I can't, can't wait to see. She's already everywhere on my TikTok for you page,
0: so yes. <laughs> can't escape it. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, before we wrap things up, Chloe, it's time for our rapid recommendation segment where we find out what our guests have been loving and what they can't live without. Um, so we ask our, our guests the same three questions every every week. Are uh, you ready? Yeah, let's go. Excellent. Chloe, I want to know,
1: what is one app or tool that you simply couldn't work without? Um, at the minute, it's Trello. I think, to be honest, just there are so many things going on when you have different clients. Like you just need a system where you can visualize it instead of, you know, scrap a bits of paper and, and random Excel spreadsheets. So Trello has been my savior at the minute. Mm -hmm. yes always
0: and whenever an electronic to-do list comes up on the rapid recommendation segment I have to back it I'm with you like it's the best (laughs) (laughs) and who is one brand or persona that you think is getting it right on social at the moment and you can't say Matilda Jeff (laughs) do
1: you know what it's Jack Wills um Mm -hmm. so obviously their past is a little bit you know a little bit uncool really and now like I think currently at the minute on TikTok have taken about 20 tiktok creators to spain um really kind of outlandish and i guess controversial content as well but it just does so well on the platform and they're just giving people what they want to see which is like hilarious people drunk in a house together it's it's great i think everyone should should have a look at what jack wills are doing if they want to <laughs> smash tiktok Yes, oh my gosh, I'll have to check them out. I always my favorite
0: brands on social are the ones that aren't afraid to sort of cross the line a little bit. So I will be looking them up straight after this. Yeah. <laughs> and uh finally, what's one valuable resource, event or group that you think our listeners should know
1: about? I think, you know, I I struggle with this sign of one because I, I literally absorb so much. Like I listen to a million podcasts. But I think just reading um, in general, so I've just read a book called Atomic Habits and it's just a really good kind of way to expand your knowledge and um, not say stagnant and just keep on educating yourself as well. So I'd recommend Atomic Habits as a book to read. Um, but also, you know, I like Diary of the CEO, uh, Grace Beverly's book. I'm just trying to up my sort of reading list at the minute. Um, so yeah, just trying to read and absorb as much information as possible, I guess
0: yeah, it's the way to go. Well, that's all we've got time for today. If you enjoyed this week's episode, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss the next one. And if you'd like to leave us a review on your favorite podcasting app, we wouldn't mind that either. We've been draft Social Media. You've been amazing. We'll see you next time.